It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Twenty-two come from behind victories, 19 one-run wins, five series wins out of the last six. The Red Legs, they are rolling, but can the bullpen hold up? We have a whole lot to discuss on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, alongside host Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. I want to encourage you, if this is your first time listening on your favorite podcast app, hit us up on Twitter or Hit us up on YouTube, drop down into the comment section. Let us know how long you've been a Reds fan, because we love talking Reds and we want to talk Reds with you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Every day, thanks so much for making us part of your day uh, and drop down in the comment section as well. On today's podcast, the bullpen. Really? I mean, I mean, the bullpen, not just Tuesday night, the bullpen for the last like week and a half, month and a half, something like that, has been very, very good. And we've got to talk about, we've really got to dive into the performances that we saw on Tuesday night and and some trends that we're noticing with it that are going to be interesting coming up. Also, there are reinforcements on the way. Louisville has a number of guys on rehab assignment that are not so far from joining the Cincinnati team. So we're, what's that all mean? When can we expect them back? And who's going to be on their way out? And could that mean that the three-catcher plan is finally going away? Before we get into all of that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB and you'll save $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And Steve... Something that's almost been guaranteed for the Reds here recently has been the performances of the bullpen. That even includes Ricky Karcher, but they were at it again on Tuesday night. They were phenomenal. Uh, listen, first off, uh, Brandon Williamson's line as a starting pitcher was a lot better than it just looks. I know that it shows that he gave up four runs. Three of those were earned. One was an unearned run from your fifth starter in the rotation, three runs through five. I'll take it. And then you right. hand it over to this bullpen that has been lights out time and time and time again. Now we're going to get into Ian Jabot. We felt he looked a little bit off, but I wanted to start right, right with the good stuff. Lucas Sims. I want to start right there, Jeff, because I know we've got a lot of numbers to talk about this bullpen, but we, we were curious how Lucas Sims was going to develop and respond and how he was going to, you know, adjust to the new rules and the, the lack of sticky stuff and all of the things. Well, I think Luke, Lucas Sims has showed us who he really is over the last three weeks. Uh, tonight, 1.2 innings pitched. He struck out three guys in a row between two innings, his first three guys that he faced. That brought his ERA down to 304. Look, I know that Alexis Diaz got the save in this game, Jeff, but Lucas, Slim, Lucas Sims is the guy that slammed the door. He's the guy that made it possible in the first place. 
Lucas slams. I kind of like that. Um, I think also if you look at the box score, you're going to miss the biggest part of his performance. And that was with the bases loaded and two outs there in the seventh inning. Salvador Perez was at the plate and Salvador Perez has a very nice career. I mean, he's played for a very long time and in his career, he hits over 300 with the bases loaded and Lucas Sims was able to strike him out on a full count pitch. It was, I I believe it was a slider that he just dipped under the bat there, low and inside to the righty Perez. So it was an absolutely beautiful pitch and kudos to him for coming back in. David Bell has this weird track record of leaving guys in after bringing them in to pitch a partial inning. And then they kind of blow up in the second inning. He pitched phenomenally well there in the eighth as well. The, the two thirds on his inning and two thirds were the most stressful part because he comes in after Ian Jabot loads the bases and he's able to keep everybody exactly right where they were. But let's talk. I mean, Alexis Diaz, what more? can we say about this guy? He now has 21 consecutive saves. That's the second most second longest streak. The longest streak of course is owned by his brother. So if you have a Diaz closing a ball game, you're doing pretty good because Edwin Diaz has 22. Of course he's hurt. He's not going to be able to add to that. There's talk that he might come back at the end of the season, but that's neither here nor there. Alexis Diaz has a chance to pass up his brother and we're only talking about his second professional season. I mean, Alexis Diaz is nails at this point. The Reds could have a one run lead, but it's going to feel like a 10 run lead when he comes in. Well, you know, it's been a while, Jeff, since we've had a guy at the back end of the bullpen where when he came out, we felt like he was pretty reliable. Like it was a guy that we could trust with the game on the line. And Alexis Diaz at this point has my complete trust. I'm not worried about him at all when he's coming into the game to close it out. 100%. And the last guy that I could say that about currently pitches for the Royals. So uh, that's great to see how Alexis Diaz has pitched to this point. And yeah, Ian Jabot had a really rough outing. And I think there's something to that. I don't necessarily think it's just Ian Jabot either. This bullpen has thrown a lot of innings. And when I say a lot, I'm talking top five in the major leagues. And this is only since the Reds started 7-15. and I'm even going to like April 24th. They're still fifth in the major leagues in innings pitched for a bullpen. They have 178 and two-thirds innings pitched in the last, what's that, like almost two months now. So we're talking about a group that is tired. And I get it. There's going to be a lot of people that say, well, Jeff, they only throw one inning a night. It's totally different. It's not something that it's like a starting pitcher where, you know, if he throws six or seven innings, then you're starting in in the pitch count and all that stuff. You're starting to talk about him being tired. Like they throw multiple days. They throw lots of warm-up pitches. They have a weird routine when it comes to a relief pitcher. And because the Reds call on them so much, I I feel like we're going to get into an area of the season where we're going to see some DLs or some IL stents from some guys simply because of fatigue. And I think that Ian Jabot showed really the first signs of that on Tuesday night. 
You know, I think it's no coincidence, Jeff, that we're starting to see a lot of shuttle bus running between Louisville and the big club with relievers coming up for just an outing and then going back down. I think the Reds front office sees the same thing that you and I are seeing. They're seeing the wear and tear starting to add up. And I'm not opposed to the way that Nick Crawl is handling this, bringing yeah. up a Karcher for one outing. And now I don't know that I was ready to see Karcher in a, in a 10th inning save situation, <laughs> but this is where we landed. Uh, I'm, I think I'm okay. It's a memory with, we'll never forget, Steve. <laughs> correct. I, I think I'm okay with that philosophy, with bring a guy up, let him come eat an inning or two, you know, don't worry about how many pitches he throws and then send him back down to AAA and bring up the next guy to fill that one slot so that there's always this fresh arm. I, I don't have a problem with that. And I think that if they can do that and start to give guys a couple extra days of rest, if you can give Ian Jabot an extra day off, if you can give Lucas Sims an extra day off, if you can allow Alexis Diaz to not ever have to pitch three games in a row. I think that's the target. I think that's what we're shooting for to make sure that these guys can make it all the way through September because don't look now, Jeff, but it's time to really start considering the fact that they may be playing for a division championship come September. Yeah. They're two games under 500. Now we're, we're talking about a chance if they are able to sweep the Royals to be one game under 500 heading into Houston this weekend and and also you mentioned the shuttle bus and we forgot to shout out uh daniel duarte with a seven pitch inning in his return to the big league bullpen so that was nice to see he's a fresh arm and there's a fresh arm that we're going to talk about here in just a minute that's hopefully going to be coming out probably not in the next week or so but probably by the beginning of july as tony santion has started his rehab stint there in AAA. so there there are definitely reinforcements on the horizon and that's kind of where we want to focus our attention on but like uh, coming up here in just a minute but this bullpen steve has been Probably the biggest, and I know that, you know, you score five runs, the lineup does something, but they really only scored those runs in the second inning. And then Brandon Williamson and the weirdness that the Royals were able to make it a one run game that you look at that and you say, man, this is all on the bullpen for just holding it down because the lineup went to sleep. No, absolutely. And I think that the Reds find themselves in a very interesting spot with this bullpen, Jeff. And I hope, I hope, I hope that they kind of have a long-term plan here to continue to manage the wear and tear. Uh, I I like what I'm seeing so far, but only really it's sad. Time is the only thing that's really going to tell us how this bullpen is going to hold up. But as much as we're talking about bullpen reinforcements, Jeff, there are some other reinforcements currently down at AAA on rehab assignment that could be joining this team very, very soon. Uh, Coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk about who those guys are and what the impact on the current roster will be to get them back and playing at the majors with the Cincinnati Reds. We're going to talk about that coming up right after this. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. Listen, I love this app. Uh, as you all know, I was in Cincinnati for uh, the whole last homestand, and I used the Game Time app to get my tickets each time I went down to Great American Ballpark. You can snag the tickets you want without the stress with Game Time. All you have to do is go download the Game Time app 
create an account, and then use the promo code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. That's going to get you 20 extra dollars off tickets that are already well below what everybody else is paying. Uh, when I used this app, I was sitting in great sections out at GABP and doing it for about half the price. Great deal. It was so easy to use. Uh, I just downloaded the app. I would Go park in the garage there at the banks. Go grab some tacos. And before I headed across the street into the stadium, jump on the Game Time app and grab my tickets. It was just that easy. Again, just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just create your account and redeem the code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. The Reds and the Royals are back at it tonight at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time. And we're going to see Ben Lively back on the mound. He had a rough start last time out, although he's been giving the Reds some innings. So maybe he can give the Reds some innings and keep the runs off the board this time. And he's going to be opposing Dustin Lynch for the Royals. Uh, that's uh, You can catch every pitch on the Reds hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word. Reds. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on tomorrow's show. We just praise the bullpen quite a bit, but they've had to been used a lot because of some weirdness, lots of rough performances from the starting pitching so far this year. We're going to dive into that and, and why we believe it's going to improve, but some of the numbers that are a bit concerning that we've seen from the starting pitching so far. But what's not concerning, Steve? is the people who are coming back here soon. No, there are, there's a lot of help actually. Uh, you know, I've been on, on Joseph Daniel Votto watch for several weeks now, and I think yeah. we're getting very, very close to his return to the active roster. I know that Will Myers is down there and that's going to create a whole can of worms when it's time to activate him. The real question is how are they going to make room on the major league roster? Because a lot of the guys that we initially thought were going to be first on the chopping block. Well, that narrative has changed. Uh, Back when we first started having these conversations, oh, easy. We're going to send Will Benson down. No, we're not going to send Will Benson down. Uh, we need to find room for guys like Joey Votto. And one of the things that really impacts this whole situation is will they stick with the three catcher situation? Yeah, and we're definitely going to get into that here coming up in just a moment. Let's let's look at the players that are coming back here soon, though, because like you mentioned, Joseph Daniel Votto is back on the field there in Louisville uh, drew a walk last night. I saw that he went over at the plate, but there are reports that are saying he's looking a lot better. His swing is looking a lot smoother. So they believe that probably near the end of this rehab stint, he will be ready to go. And he started a couple of days ago. It's going to be like 20 days probably uh, from the time that he started before we see him. So probably sometime around, you know, the end of June, early July, we were saying initially, like a couple of weeks ago, before he began his rehab assignment, we were saying probably all-star break, maybe even after that. Now it looks like it might be before that. So that is that is a very encouraging sign to see. Yeah, and, and with that over, Jeff, he did have a couple walks. So it's, yeah. not like he, it's not like that he was just overmatched at the, the plate. While, 
Well, he's he, he's starting to see things. So uh, I'm looking forward to having him back. You know, the other name that I brought up was Will Myers, Jeff. And I'm really at a point in this situation where I, I believe the best move the Reds could make would be to designate Will Myers for assignment rather than try and force him back on this roster. I'm not sure with the nine was 9.25, $9.5 million that the Reds gave him that they're going to be willing to just eat that money. They have shown a willingness over the last couple seasons to do that when it's necessary. So I don't think it can be completely ruled out. Uh, I think it's probably more likely they try to find a way to, to shoehorn him back onto this roster and hope that between now and the trade deadline, he gets hot. He starts doing some things so that they could flip him for a very low level prospect and get something in return for him yeah i think that probably you could see him come up and you could see fairchild go down or or tj hopkins go down and that's probably the move that the reds will make with that but again that's gonna put a put a lot of pressure on who else gets sent down for these guys because who else is coming up nick senzel nick senzel is on the middle of his rehab and some reports are he may join the team on friday for the series in houston which means that's going to be real quick he did have a hit last night um i'm going to be interested to see where he fits into all of this now because on days that ellie de la cruz doesn't play shortstop he plays third base and that's really where we were starting to see the value for nick senzel like i i think if you bring up will myers and you send down Fairchild or Hopkins, uh, and then you say, okay, well, then maybe we stretch and we send down, you know, Fairchild and Hopkins for Myers and Senzel, but then how do you get Senzel on the field? And, and maybe he does take some of Fairchild's at-bats there, but I, I, I kind of wonder about that one a little bit. I think that the Reds will make room for him in some regard, though. And, you know, a name we haven't talked about, but I think it's probably time is Jose Barrero. If yeah. it's going to be a I choice, seen a lot between, of him lately. we haven't. And I think that I think that spells his doom. Yeah. Uh, I actually think that the move for Myers, if they're going to shoehorn him back onto this roster is Fairchild. And I think the move for Senzel is Jose Barrero, because then sense. Jose Barrero can go to AAA and play every day. And I think that more than anything else is what Jose Barrero needs. Yeah, it's yeah, to play every day. And hopefully, you know, he can work his way back. Yeah, he's he's not doing anything on the bench here in Cincinnati, so hopefully he can develop. Maybe they can figure out, you know, he could be an everyday outfielder or something like that because that's really where his opportunity is going to be. The infield's done. There's no more opportunity there for him because the infield's really starting to fill up already. And so we've talked about these guys. Uh, there is the Tony Santion of it all, but honestly, that's an easy fit. You'll just send down whoever's the most tired in the bullpen or maybe send them on a, a nice little siesta IL trip. But um, the, the one thing that's interesting, and he's not a rehab stint, he's not um, a, a dude that is coming back to the active roster. It is a dude who should be added to the active roster in CES. Like, it's time. CES has some of the most amazing statistics. I saw this stat from JJ Cooper the other day that links him with some of the top baseball talent that we have seen over the last decade. Like it's time. It it is absolutely time to call him up. I don't think that you're wrong, but I think that the Reds, you know, we've talked about this. I think that Nick Crawl and the front office have a very specific timeline in their mind. And I think barring some kind of injury, the only way to really get CES on this roster is again, to have that three catcher conversation that we're going to have coming up here in just a minute. I agree. And that is where we will focus our attention because yes, with all these guys coming back, um, 
you can't just send down all of the outfielders. Like you're going to have to get a little bit creative with a spot on this roster that has just been a little bit uh, over uh, filled. Maybe I guess you know it's like that scene in the office whenever uh, they're trying to downsize and and uh, Angela looks at Oscar and Oscar's just like yes, there is one department in this office that has three people doing the job that two people should be doing. And they all look at each other, the three of them with Kevin, and they say, oh, yeah. Well, that's where we are with the catcher spot. We're going to tell you why. Coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that tonight, 8, 10 p.m., Reds have a chance to get a series sweep against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, this would be a great. This is uh, would put them one game under 500 if they get this win. It would be their fifth win in a row. Hopefully that's what we're talking about on tomorrow's show. But they will be talking about it during every single pitch on the Sirius XM broadcast. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. Steve, three-catcher plan. We have said the other day that it's very obvious that Kirk Casale should be the guy that's the odd man out. And I think, and I'm not saying that one game makes or breaks a decision, but after watching him on Tuesday night, how do we not have Kirk Casale on this roster anymore? You know, when he went out and did what he did the other night with Karcher on the mound, all I kept hearing in my head was, this is the way. Every time we talk about a player, they go out and do something spectacular and make it difficult for us to back up our position. All that being said, Jeff, Kurt Casale still the guy. I think that when you look at the offensive numbers, uh, Luke Maley just simply wins out. Uh, and as far as an insurance policy goes, Chucky Robinson has been knocking the cover off the ball down at triple a and is available in a pinch to come up and cover a few games. If somebody gets nicked up, uh, listen, and this is not something I, I, I would love, love to be able to keep Kirk Casale around. I would, I would right. make me happy to be able to do that. He's a great guy. He's been great for this team. He's been great for the young pitchers, but at some point, if it's a choice between Kirk Casale and CES, sorry, Kurt, we're going to have to make room for CES. And I, I really don't see any way around it. You know, the whole premise behind this was for Tyler Stevenson to be knocking the cover off the ball, playing first base a couple days, playing DH a couple days, catching a couple days. That plan was long ago abandoned. And there's just no real justification for sticking with this three catcher setup, given the fact that they've abandoned most of the plan anyway. And I think that there's something to Tyler Stevenson hitting better whenever he is a catcher. Look, his statistics as a hitter in his previous seasons have looked very good at the catcher position. They haven't translated to DH. In fact, the DH has been one of the weakest positions in the Reds lineup this year because he's mostly played there and he just hasn't had the slugging. Last night, even in the Reds win um, against the Royals, when Stevenson was catching, he had a hit, uh, I believe it was in the eighth inning, uh, off of uh, Cox, and I can't remember his first name, but that was 102 miles an hour off the bat. It was up against the wall. It was a beautiful catch. If I've learned anything about the Royals in this series, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. It's MJ Melendez is an amazing defensive right fielder. I mean, amazing. Because he made an amazing catch up against the wall to rob a hit from Tyler Stevenson. They said on the television broadcast that that would have been a home run in 28 ballparks. So he's back, I think, so far as like exit velocity and things like that go. And I think he's more comfortable when he's catching. So you definitely 
for two different reasons here. For number one, to get all these guys up from AAA, from rehab and all this other stuff. But number two, just for Tyler Stevenson himself. You've got to go back to making him catch half the time. And I definitely think that the upside of the remaining two guys leans in favor of Luke Maley. Luke Maley's got a better bat. And I, I, I don't for one second believe that Luke Maley couldn't have done the defensive gymnastics that we saw from Kirk Casale on Monday night. Like, I don't want to take away from the performance that Kirk Casale had trying to catch Ricky Wild Thing Karcher. And all of the beautifulness that it was to see him just jumping and, you know, it was just all of that. But I really kind of think Luke Maley isn't that far off defensively, if not maybe even a little bit better. And the whole the whole catcher ERA argument is just you'll miss me with that because whoever takes over the innings that Kurt Casale catches, that's where the catcher ERA will go. And we're not going to be worried about that at all. No, I, I I'm really have struggled with, with being okay with, with cutting Kirk Casale. And yeah. once I've, I've settled on it, I, I am okay with it because it really does, Jeff. I, I, I can't see it any other way than it being a choice between a Kirk Casale and a CES. And I know, I know there's other moves they can make, but you have to be willing to send Barrero and Newman and Fairchild all down to triple a, you'd have to be willing to, you know, maybe, designate for assignment one other guy to get all of these other players back onto the roster and still keep this three catcher set up. And I just don't see any value in doing that. There's, there's no value for the team. Uh, Really at this point, the Reds could use one extra big bat in the lineup, one extra big bat on the bench. And Kurt Casale is not that guy. And and for, because I've seen this argument as well for anyone that is saying, boy, think of all the times that they've had to bring in, their their last catcher on the bench at the end of the game. That's because Stevenson's DHing. Mm-hmm. And when you take that away, you take away the need to constantly dig back to the end of your bench. Like I feel like the days are gone by. Like the teams carry so many pitchers now that you can't have three catchers on your team. I know that there are some other teams that are trying to do this, but those are the teams that they, they kind of have that bench flexibility. And that third catcher can play other positions. Like they're not playing Stevenson at any position except catcher or DH. They're not playing Luke Maley at any position except catcher. And they're not playing Kirk Casale at any position except catcher. Like MJ Melendez can catch for the Royals, but he can also play a heck of a right field. We don't have anybody like that. So to carry a third catcher on the roster just doesn't work for this Reds team. It's time to <clears> move <throat> on from this plan that they themselves have abandoned long ago. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I wonder you wonder if Joey Votto still has his catcher's gear. Do we know the answer to that? <laughs> yeah, Joey Votto. I mean, you know, Kevin Newman moved into the Kyle Farmer role, so maybe we could put Kevin Newman back there. I don't know. Like, I, I just I, – I think that the, the whole idea of a third catcher is – it's almost the, the baseball equivalent of the backup quarterback – like everyone worried about who the backup quarterback is on an NFL team. And, and sure, you know, there might be a situation where your, your starter goes down, but if you're in the situation where you got to get into the third catcher every night, then you really got to look at your roster and say, why? And I think that the reds need to look at their roster and say, why do we constantly have three catchers here? And you know, Jeff, it's important to highlight the fact that all of this really matters right now. We're in, you know, it is June 15th and we are two and a half games out of first place. The Brewers lost last night, two and a half games 
games from leading the division. It's time to get serious about roster construction. It's time to get serious about putting these players in the best positions to win. It's time to seriously consider the Cincinnati Reds as a contender for the National League Central. And that's exactly right, too, because that was another key point to the three-catcher plan and and, and keeping – um, Tyler Stevenson healthy all the year because the whole point was, well, you know, it's in a year where we're not expecting to contend. Well, to add to the fact that the Brewers lost last night, so did the Pirates. Like uh, the, the the door is open here, and the Reds need to need to seize the day, and that is how we win today's podcast. Thanks, everybody, so much for checking out today's edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Before we get out of here, uh, remember, you can always catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds, and that'll do it for us here today. Thanks so much for checking us out on tomorrow's episode, Everydayers. Uh, we are going to be talking about the starting pitching. We're going to try and give a silver lining to it, but there's certainly plenty of stats that, breed worry and we're going to try to explain all of those it's probably going to take a little while on tomorrow's locked on reds podcast but for now as we end today's podcast make sure you follow us on twitter you can follow me at jeff Carr with three f's you can follow steve at s offenbaker with two f's uh make sure check out the discord we've got the link down in the description you can join the discord and uh, i have jumped on the subtext we're getting that rolling making sure everybody jumps on board uh a link in the chat or a link down in the description for that as well because, Steve, when it comes to our Cincinnati Reds, what can people expect from you and me? Well, you and I are going to continue to monitor all of the rehabs, all of the injury news, all the transaction news, the shuttle bus going to Louisville. We're going to gather up all the information. We're going to bring it right back here to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. Hear me out. Nick Senzel, emergency catcher. Hmm. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.